Hello everyone, uh, this is, today we're going to go over uh, part 4 of Esther chapter 5. Um, just again, just by way of summary for the last two days, we talked about how, how do we overcome spiritual laziness in our life. And first, that in order to do so, you need to listen to sound teaching. Um, we talked about Haggai and, and Zechariah. Um, it really encompasses just two ways in which people preach. Haggai confronts the sin of the, of the people. And he tells them to consider their ways and how their sin is the reason why uh, things are not being accomplished in life. And then Zechariah speaks about how uh, they need to have eternal perspective on things. Uh, by, by, by making them see uh, the greatness of their God, they begin to fear the Lord and worship Him and get back to work. Um, so that's what the importance of sound teaching. The sound teaching drives drives people, drives you and I, and drives people back then in the time of Ezra uh, to live a life of faithfulness, to, to do things that God expects, uh, to continue to walk in a manner that's worthy of the, of the name of Christ. Then we talk about how um, if you want to overcome spiritual laziness, you need to understand God's character um, through sound teaching. Uh, and we talked about, um, I didn't really m- mention this last time, but uh, but the more you know about the Lord, the more you also repent of your sin. Uh, laziness is is a sin, and when a person chooses to uh, live a life of laziness, um, what they're saying is they're, uh, that God God's mandate for them, God's command for them, is not important. Uh, there, there's no uh, desire to, to live faithfully because they don't care about the Lord. That's a sin because we're called to love our God with all heart, mind, and soul. Um, and that lack of desire is often because there's a forgetfulness on the character of God. And therefore, when we listen to sound teaching, whenever we read scripture, we need to try to understand a little bit more about who our God is. And it's through understanding the knowledge of him, and that's what compels us to live a faithful life. Which leads us to today. Today, uh, how do we get, uh, what, do, what are the effects of sound teaching? How do we um, overcome spiritual laziness? Is, yeah, sound teaching leads to a life of boldness. It leads to a life of faithfulness. Um, we see this from verse 6 to 17. Uh, I'll kind of summarize as I read again uh, this portion. Um, this is a copy of the letter, which 10 to 9. The governor of the province beyond the river, uh, and she tarbonized, and his colleagues, the officials who were beyond the river, sent to Darius the king. They sent a report to him uh, in which it was written thus, to Darius, king, to Darius the king, all peace. Let it be known to the king that we have gone to the province of Judah, to the house of the great God, which is, uh, which is being built with huge stones and beams are being laid in the walls. And this work is going on with great care and succeeding in their hand. Then we asked those elders, and said to them, Who issued you a decree to rebuild this temple and to finish the structure? We also asked them their names so as to inform you, and that we might write down the names of the men who were at their head. So uh, these individuals, these adversaries, they actually didn't realize that there was at, uh, uh, that what the um, Jews were doing um, was actually legal. Remember, in the page of scripture, we, 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 we don't really see time pass. But this took about 20-something years, so you have to think, every few years, a new generation of people, of adversaries are, be, are, are you know, they come out, and they, they're, they're not, they don't know about the decree, so they're just going to challenge it. And then the Jews, they're not, they, they don't keep the decree, it's because the decree is written and uh, is stored somewhere. And we see that, uh, we'll see that next week. Actually, this is, this is the response here. Verse 11, thus answered, the, uh, thus they answered us, saying, We are the servants of God of heaven and the earth, 
a heaven and earth and are rebuilding the temple that was built many years ago, which a great king of Israel built and finished. So this is actually referring back to all the way to Solomon, all the way back to First, king, uh, First Kings. They're saying like, look, we we belong here. Uh, we're just rebuilding what was already been here. And, go, and they, they're using history here. But because our fathers, <coughs> because our fathers have provoked the God of heaven to wrath, he gave them into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, the Chaldeans, who destroyed the temple and deported the people to Babylon. However, actually, okay, so verse 12, this is all the things that happened at the end of Second Kings or Second Chronicles. Uh, they, they gave themselves uh, to to these pagan gods, and um, the result being that God removed them from the land, put them in Babylon for 70 years. Seven years later, see verse 13. However, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Babylon, Cyrus, uh, King Cyrus issued a decree to rebuild this house of God. Also, the gold and silver utensils of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple in Jerusalem, and brought them to the temple of Babylon. These king, these King Cyrus took from the temple of Babylon, and they were given to the one whose name was Shelzebubar, uh, whom he had appointed governor. He said to them, Take these utensils, go and deposit them in the temple in Jerusalem, and let the house of God be rebuilt in this place. Then that Shelzebubar came and laid the found, laid the foundations of the house of God in Jerusalem, and from then until now it was it has been under construction, and it is not yet completed. So, um, and it wasn't complete not because of the it, it was like partially their own doing, but it was mainly provoked because the adversaries like uh, told them that you can't do this. But again, they're reminded that there was actually a decree before to actually supersede the second one. Uh, remember, uh, the Persian mindset is that you can't uh, that once something is written in stone or written in any decree is written is set that way. That's like the new law of the land. But they're saying, okay, we're, we want we want to fulfill that first decree, Cyrus's decree. Uh, now, verse 17. Now, if it please the king, let a search be conducted in the king's treasure house, which is there in Babylon. If it be, if it be that a decree was issued by King Cyrus to rebuild the house of God at Jerusalem, and let the king send to us his decision concerning this matter. So this is a really bold challenge here. The Israelites said, "Okay, we're going to keep working until you t- tell us. To, uh, until we're going to keep working because we know that we have ordained." Uh, uh, we have a decree by God and also Cyrus to go and rebuild our temple uh, and, and rebuild everything. Uh, and it's in your, they're, they're basically like, there's, it's the decree, it's in your, in your vault somewhere. Uh, it's, it's hidden and you gotta find it because, uh, we've, we're doing what we're supposed to do because their king has said it. And we'll look at what that decree is next week. Um, but Israelites just kept working. Uh, they no longer, um, uh, they were no longer moved. Uh, to uh, to to stop building, they know they're they moved away from their spiritual apathy, uh, and this is this this renewed strength is because of what happened earlier when Haggai and, and, Zeru, and Zechariah preached to them. Uh, it said that in uh, chapter five, verse two, that they were supporting them, that these elders and these leaders, these preachers, they were there. They just kept teaching them and reminding them to keep on uh, working because they're working for the one true God. Um, so Israel became bold. And we were called to do the same. We were called to be bold for Christ because Christ is worthy of uh, of our work. He's worthy for our efforts. He's worthy, he's, he's worthy of all the things that we do in this life. And we should do go all out for him. We need to do everything that we can as an act of worship to him. Psalm 138 verse uh, 3 tells us that on the day I called you, you answered me. You made me bold 
with strength in my soul. Second Corinthians, uh, chapter three, uh, verse twelve. It reads, uh, "Therefore, having such a hope, we use great boldness in our speech." Uh, it's funny because in Paul right here it says, "We're not like Moses who used." Uh, to put a veil over his face so that the sons of Israel would not look in, intently at the end of what ha- was fading away. Uh, and then he's, he's going to explain how like uh, he speaks in truth. Like uh, Paul, he's bold. Um, he's unveiling to them something that they uh, that they don't that they don't even know about. Uh, and the reason why they, he's doing that is because uh, of this boldness that he found in Christ. Ephesians three, Paul says the same thing. Uh, chapter three, verse eleven. Twelve. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and confidence, access through faith in him. Therefore I ask you to not lose heart at my tribulation on your behalf, for they are for your glory. Part of the reason why we <coughs> that we are we are bold in this life is because we know in the next life because of what Christ has done, we are we have we can boldly be in the presence of the Lord, and that boldness be, before the King of Kings, Lord, Lord. Um, that's one that we be most afraid of. But because of a crisis, then we can stand boldly before Him, the Good God. And if we can stand, um, if we know that we can stand in front of this Good God, and we can stand with confidence, then we should be able to stand confidence against those that are against God, because we know those ones that are against God, they're going to be removed eventually. The God will take uh, uh, will take care of them. Um, we and we just and we know that we serve a good God. First uh, John tells us, that "Greater is He that's in us uh, than the one that's outside of us." And we don't need to worry about external persecution because of what God has has done in the past for us and what He's currently doing in us uh, now in the sanctification and, and even what He's providing for us in the future in our glorification and, and and in heaven. First Thessalonians chapter two verse one tells us, "For you yourselves know, brethren, that." Our coming to you was not in vain, but after we had already suffered and been ministered in Philippi, as you know, we had a boldness in our God to speak to you the gospel of God amidst such opposition. See, Paul understood uh, that part of uh, what drives us um, to be bold in our in our evangelism, in our discipleship, and even when it comes to confronting sin, is because uh, we have a good, a true knowledge, a sound mind because of sound teaching uh if you ever wonder why you don't do evangelism or you don't confront sin it's 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 because of lack of boldness yes but the lack of boldness is really a lack of faith um teaching and and learning uh, uh from god's word whether it's preached to you or reading it yourself uh, will makes you change your um will feed your mind with knowledge of god so that your affections will be directed towards god which will make you change your actions so you do all things for the glory of God. Uh, you will do things for the Lord in ways that you, you would never be able to do in the past. In the past, before you were saved, you just you did you might have been able to do good things, but you did it out of a dependence on your own self. But the moment you become a believer, you're able to do things that are beyond uh, human understanding. Like if you ever read um, a missionaries uh, biographies or anyone in church history, how can people uh, do the things that they do for the God. Why would they leave behind everything to go to a country and to, to translate the Bible? Or if you look at Martin Luther, how can he be so brave to stand up against all the Roman Catholic uh, Church and the Pope and everything uh, when at the time there were 
there weren't that many people that um, that that understood the true gospel, um, or anyone in history. If you ever wonder how they did it, it's because they have they cherished God, and that is what made them bold. That's what made them have the ability to endure in ministry. It's what made them have the the, the desire to do missions. It was what make them. It was it's what give them peace. Uh, sound teaching causes us to to do amazing things for the Lord. And, and again, if you ever wonder how can I be used by God mightily, you need to have a clearer picture of who God is in your mind so that you can do the things for the Lord. All the things that you do in the Lord is, is, it should be a result of your knowledge of him. Uh, and at the same time, it could be it could be that the reason why you don't do things for the Lord is because you don't have the right knowledge of the Lord. Uh, you don't understand your um, that who your king is, who you're called to be a slave to. And that could be a reason why uh, you have no desire to do evangelism, why you don't care about confronting sin in each other's life. Why do you even care about holiness or anything? It's because you don't, uh, because you're not moved um, by sound teaching. Only those that are regenerate, those who have a new birth, uh, will, will love to hear God's word. And that's what, because they know that's fuel for them. It's food for them. It's what makes them uh, live uh, uh, bold, boldly and fearlessly for the Lord. At the same time, and again, this isn't to say that you don't have those emotions, but your your emotions are always going to be informed by what you know about God. Uh, so for today, I hope that as you think about the Lord, as you meditate on 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 the sermons you listen to or podcasts or whatever, that I give you a greater picture of who God is in your heart and your mind, so that you can have a greater desire to serve Him with all your heart, mind, and strength, um, because. That will only come when you love God with all your heart, mind, and strength. So that's what we see in Ezra chapter 5. That sound teaching from Haggai and Zechariah is what moved them uh, to, uh, to, to be bold. And what moved them is because of the character that they've learned from the Lord through their preaching. Uh, and, and that's what sound teaching does. Sound teaching changes the desires of men and women so that they'll do all things for the glory of God. That's that's it for chapter five. We're going to look at chapter six next week about how uh, they're going to they tell them, hey, we're going to, uh, we we want you guys to find that decree, and by God's sovereign plan and His providence, He He, he they they find it and they get to continue. And then it just teaches us about uh, again who God is and how He sovereignly is in, in control of all things. Thanks for listening. Uh, have a good week. <laughs>